0: Hallelujah. Well, join me tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we want to continue with this that we have been looking at, the walk of faith. And the Lord said to um, Pastor Michelle uh, a number of different things. But the first one that he said about the year coming up was that we were entering a season that was going to require the walk of faith. And uh, uh, that word, as I said, just stood out to me, require the walk of faith. And then there were other things, uh, 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 a new level of being led by the spirit, uh, humility, uh, a number of different other things. But we're focusing, I've been focusing on on the walk of faith. And, um, you know, faith is one of those. uh, I, I, I say this consistently uh, faith is one of those things that it can be taught as a subject. All right, it can be a subject that's taught, but faith is not a subject to be taught. It's a spirit that's caught. All right, it's a spirit that's caught. Uh, 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 Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, you don't have to turn there, verse thirteen. Uh, the apostle Paul said, "We having the same spirit of faith, we're going to look at it tonight." According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. And um, so, you know, Pastor Michelle and I were really introduced to the word of faith through Charles Caps, and uh, I've talked to you about uh, getting the cassette tapes that we received from his ministry, and the, the, the thing that revolutionized my thought process was learning concerning faith, that faith is a law. All those years ago, when I understood that faith was a law, all right, And there are principles that govern laws. And there are people that try to work faith as a formula. And they try to work uh, faith formulas. And they get parts of the formula, but they omit the principles. And if you omit the principles, the law won't work. Because faith is a law. The book of Romans says, uh, uh, according to what law? The law of works? He said, no, the law of faith. So the, the the law of the New Covenant is faith. And for, uh, four times in the Bible, three times in the New Testament, once in the Old Testament, we're told to walk by faith or that we live by faith. All right. The just shall live by faith. So uh, when, when you understand that um, faith is a law, I'm asked to live and walk by faith according to Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 here and verse 7. Notice it says, uh, "For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Amplified Bible uh, says we regulate our lives by faith. We, We regulate our lives by faith and by our confidence, not by something seen. All right, and we've made this statement and I'll make it again. A lot of people try to not walk by what is seen and they're not regulating their life by faith. The only way you can regulate your life by faith is that you're not walking by what is seen. That doesn't mean you're denying what is seen, but you're not walking by it. And I've heard people uh, leave you with the impression that that Abraham just paid no attention to his body. Well, how could he not pay attention to his 100-year-old body? It wasn't working. It was dead. Isn't that what the Scripture said? I mean, right? His, His body had to be alive. His body had to be operating for him to be able to father a child. And the Bible says it wasn't. And it says Sarah's body was not operating. Now, Abraham and Sarah did not sit around the tent and say, my body's not dead, my body's not dead, your body's not dead. Come on, Sarah, say it 50 times today. It'll work. If we just say it 75 times, it'll work. It's not what they did. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it says that against hope, he trusted in hope two different words there for hope the first word hope means a consistent continual expectation of bad and the second means a continual consistent expectation of good abraham switched his picture and he started seeing things the way god seen god will never add his faith to your picture you got to have god's picture and you can add god's faith to his picture hallelujah and, and Hebrews 11 says that, according to the to, to Scripture in Hebrews 11, that Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age of bearing children because she counted Him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So they, they were not walking by what was seen, but they had a picture. And they had faith. They were, they, they were convinced that what God said is what was going to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Knowing something is in the Bible doesn't mean you're convinced. Realizing it's in the Bible is, doesn't mean that you're convinced. Faith is that conviction. It's that, it's that certainty. It's that assurance that's in your heart. You know that 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 you have whatever you're believing God for. God. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that yes, sir. and so someone will be denying something and call it walking by faith but but here's here's the issue if i'm convinced then what i see is not the issue because i'm convinced look 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 at hebrews 11 look over at hebrews 11 it's important That faith comes to you because of what faith is. It's important that faith comes to you because of what faith is. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Weast Bible says faith is the title deed, the proof of things that are not seen. Let me give you a couple more. The Phillips says faith means we have full confidence in the things we hope for. It means being certain of things we can't see. The ERV version says faith is what makes real the things we hope for. Praise God. The Jerusalem Bible says only faith can guarantee the blessings we hope for. Only. Now, now notice these things. He says it's the title deed. It's the full confidence, and it's being certain. The title deed, the full confidence, and being certain. Hallelujah. Now, there again, I've I've used this illustration. If you have the title deed to a car, it doesn't matter to you if it's in your driveway or not. You're confident that you have and own that car because you have the title deed. Somebody could have drove it down to Kroger or drove it down to the store somewhere and it's not in your driveway, but that doesn't change what you're confident of and convinced of because you've got the title deed. You understand the difference between mental assent and the difference between denial and real faith is faith is convinced that it has something. Mental assent and denial are trying to get something, whereas faith says, I already have it. Amen. And it's not moved by the fact that it doesn't see it currently, I have it. having it in the natural follows having it by faith if you have it by faith you have it what you have in the spirit is more real than what you can tangibly put your hands on in the natural Amen. amen there are people in here believing for debt freedom your debt freedom is more real right now than it will be when you write out the last check because it's the realness of what you believe right now that will cause the physical manifestation in your bank account and cause the physical manifestation that will follow. But it will always follow because you have it right now. Hallelujah. I have it. Not trying to get it, I have it. Faith never says, I will. Faith never says it will. Faith never says it's going to be. Faith says I have it right now. I have it now. If you ask somebody, hey, how's things going? Are you feeling better? Well, I will be. They don't have it. Faith always answers now. Faith always answers now. And that's not trying to make something happen. That's how faith answers. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, of course, that Greek word pistis means, we, we've said, it is, it is the conviction that something's true. So faith is not knowing something only, faith is possessing something. I possess it, I don't just know it. I'm possessing it. Hallelujah. Because there are things that are ours. But the things that are ours have to be received by faith. Something can be mine and not be received by me. I have to receive it by faith. What's ours must be in simple faith received. Okay, I have it now. I have it right now. Because the receiving in the natural is not the proof. Faith is the proof. That's that's one of the meanings of the word, is proof. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance, the proof. The Greek word is proof. Faith is the proof. Not when you feel better. Feeling better is not proof that you were healed. Faith was proof you were healed. When when you got that, that financial bonus, that was not proof you were blessed. Your faith was the proof you were blessed. Well, you know, Pastor, this is just how I see it. don't matter how you see it. It matters how the Bible sees it. Amen. If you see it different to the Bible, the Bible's not going to work for you. You don't put your opinion in the Bible. The Bible forms your opinion. Hallelujah. Nobody in here has to try to have faith. You got a starter portion of faith when you got born again. Now it's up to you to build it. Every every day that you're in the word, faith is coming. Every day that you're hearing the word, faith is coming to you. Now rather you're taking it into your heart and operating it is a totally different situation. If you're just storing your heart up with faith, faith doesn't have an eternal shelf life. It has a rather short shelf life. And you keep putting it in your heart and if you're not using it, it's going to dissipate doesn't just hang around. Faith is meant to be gathered and used, and gathered and used. That's why every day day. is a faith day. day. Amen. Woo, glory. Faith is in the heart. So the word that is heard enters into the heart through the ear. And just hearing doesn't produce faith. Hallelujah. How do, I, how do I know that? Because there's people you know and I know that sit in services and hear the word and don't get a lick of faith. Because they're tr- here's why. They're trying to process it in their mind, how it's going to work. Well, if God really wants me to be debt free, I don't see how I can be debt free. I mean, after all, do you know how much money I owe? And, and, and you know I got student loans and everything else. Did I tell you that when God brought us out of debt, there were student loans in our package? And God paid them off just like He paid everything else off? Yeah, yeah. Sally Mae is not stronger than God. Amen. 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 God just put that old girl out like He put everything else out. Yeah. I, I'm, you understand? Don't Listen, listen. Mental ascent and your mind tries to come up with an escape clause. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? You know, what can can I blame it on? Listen, faith requires that you be all in. Faith requires that you are believing God as your source, as the total source of your supply, and you're believing God. Amen. Amen. Do, Do you see that? Now, but hear me. Faith does come by hearing, but hear me. It's the word that is received into the heart that produces faith. It's got to go in my ear and be deposited in my heart for it to produce faith. Look at Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. Am I helping anyone? Yes, sir. Amen. I had a person tell me something one time. They said they were talking to me and, and they told me that their husband didn't uh, uh, like coming to my church. And I I wasn't going to say anything. But I was prompted by the Holy Spirit and I just said it. I said it's because when he comes to our church, he's responsible for what he hears. When you come to a church that preaches the word of faith, you're responsible for what you hear. You can have anything the Bible says that belongs to you if you'll exercise your faith and go get it. But see, this is not no-fault religion. You go to other churches and they say, well, if it's God's will, who's that all on? All on God. You don't have to believe for nothing. If it's His will, you'll get it. If it's not, you won't. And when you don't get it, you'll go write some old religious song about how God was teaching you something through what He didn't give you. Amen. Somebody went through a dark time. Start talking about how God teaches you something in the dark time. Listen, if God is there teaching you, it's not going to be dark because He's light. And, and He shows up and the darkness goes. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm helping somebody. Yes, you Come on, sir. Do, do, do you see that? On, the, those things hinder your faith. Yes. Well, what if it's not God's will? Did you find it in His Word? Yes. Then God's will and His Word are one and the same. Yes. When I find it in the Word, that is irrevocably, God's will for me. I don't have to go to God and say, is it your will to heal me? Is it your will to save my family? Is it your will to bless me? Is it your will? Right? I don't have to go to God and ask those things. I know it's in His Word. If it's in His Word, it's mine, belongs to me. Covenant blood has sealed it. This is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. And God said, I'll give it to you, and I'll do it for you, and I'll bless you, and I'll heal you. I just got in simple faith to receive it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Romans, Romans 10, verse 9. Notice, well, let's read verse 8, because he's talking about the Word, which is uh, uh, the, the, the Word of righteousness. The, what saith that the Word is nigh you, even in your mouth, And in your heart. That's the word of faith that we preach. And here's, here's the word. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Notice. For with the heart man believes to righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So notice. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. But you believe in your heart. Is that right? You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. With the heart we believe, and with our mouth we declare what we believe. Hallelujah. See, confession is crucial to faith, but your confession must be based on what you believe. It's crucial. See, That that's 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 one of the things that's a principle of faith. But people take that and make a formula out of it. It's like the guy that told my pastor, told Pastor Caldwell, uh, that confession stuff don't work. And he said, why? He said, because I confessed 300 times yesterday that I have a new Cadillac and I didn't get one. Now, you know, for us, it's been taught, right? That's laughable. But, you know, there are word of faith people that think that that if they just confess it enough, they'll get it. They're spending no time building their faith. They're spending no time building an image to attach their faith to. You can't just, listen, you can't just start out from jumpstart and start confessing something and expect the power to be behind it. You got to believe what you're saying. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Look, look, look at Mark 11. Let's go over there. I'm telling you what, you're a bunch of people that's scary to the devil. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. The devil has no idea what to do with faith people. No idea. Because he can't intimidate them. He can't intimidate them. What's he going to threaten you with? Right? I mean, seriously. Well, I'll do this. You're going to do what? What are you going to do? I got the shield of faith. And no matter what you light that arrow with, my shield of faith will put it out. Is that right? Isn't that what the Bible says? It quenches. It does what? It quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one. Does it say every one? I say, does it say every one? It says every one. Do you believe that? Come on, help me out. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then it will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Hallelujah. Well, you know, Pastor, I've known some to get through. Now, wait a minute. Don't don't start taking your experience as truth when the Word says it quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. See, that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to take care of my shield of faith. My responsibility is to keep my faith in working order so that I take it up every day and no matter what the devil throws my way the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. The pressure's not on you, the pressure's on your faith. The pressure's not on you, the pressure's on the word. You just keep in the word and keep your shield out in front of you and you will overcome everything the devil throws your way. Why? Because your faith is always up to the test. Your faith will your faith will make a way your faith is the victory oh glory to God amen do do you see that so he can't intimidate you he he doesn't have he doesn't have an an end in your life what's he going to do well I know the devil attacks people right he, he attacks people but the Bible says I just resist him isn't that what we're supposed to do? And Peter said, resist him how? Steadfastly. In what? The faith. Is that right? So you're not resisting him in yourself? You're resisting him in your faith. I said, you're resisting him in the faith. When, when did James say? He said, what did James say? He said, he said the devil would always flee when you did what? Resisted him. Amen. you can't intimidate faith people sickness don't intimidate faith people finances don't intimidate faith people hallelujah do, do you understand that I had a guy one time a, a young minister in our, in our church and he, was talk, he owned a business and he said we're really going through some tough times what do I do I said you fill your mouth with the word of God and go take back what belongs to you That's what you do. Amen. That's what we do. How how often? Oh Lord, I'm getting off track. How often throughout the Scripture are we told to take a stand? Paul said, "Quite yourself like men and take a stand. Amen. Amen. Faith takes the heart of your enemy. Faith takes the courage of your enemy. When the devil sees somebody standing in faith, he's done it's done your enemy loses its courage how does the bible say in the book of hebrews chapter 11 how does the bible say that the children of israel walked around the walls of jericho and saw them fall how does it say they did that by faith faith. do you know twice it leading up to the to the siege of jericho they, they, the, the two spies went into the city and they were talking with Rahab and her family and Rahab said the moment that the city heard that you all had crossed the river, our, our hearts melted. And the, and the spies came back. They would had to hide for a little bit. And they came back and came to Joshua and said, don't anybody be worried. The, the courage is gone. Their courage is gone. On, what took their courage? Faith. Somebody acting in faith took their courage. How do I know, that? How do I know it was faith? Because how does the Bible say that the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea? By faith. How does it say Moses led them through the wilderness? By faith. And faith took the courage of the enemy. The, the enemy is a liar. And he's going to brag and he's going to boast. And he's gonna talk and he's gonna run his mouth. He's scared. He is scared spitless of you. He's shaken in his boots. He is a coward. He is he is defeated and he knows he's defeated. Make much of God and little of the devil. Amen. When I was in the Philippines and we, and we were we were doing ministers conferences over there they had a song that they sang everywhere we went and 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 I don't remember the tune's it been all those years ago but the gist of it was this god is a great big god and the devil's a little bitty devil and that's what they would do they'd sing and say god's a great big god hold their hands out here and then go real real low and the devil's a little bitty devil well he is he's defeated hmm Don't let him intimidate you. You, you. you have a nuclear arsenal at your disposal. Mark, Mark 11, verse 23, notice. For truly I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Hmm. And does not notice, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in his heart. That that would be the understood structure, is that right? And does not doubt in his heart, but believes in his heart. That what he says will come to pass. What do you have to do first? Believe in your heart. That what? What you say will come to pass. Is that right? We don't just say... We say what we believe. One translation of the authentic New Testament says, and should not have the slightest doubt, but fully believe that what he says will happen. Fully believe what he says will happen. Amen. Another translation says, and in his heart does not consider it to be wrong, but trusts that what he speaks is happening. He will have whatever he said. When's it happening? Right now. Right now. I have what I said. Amen. Right now it's happening. I have what I said. Why? Because I believe it. I'm convinced. Amen. The Etheridge New Testament says, But shall believe that the thing which he speaketh is. But shall believe that the thing which he speaketh is. You got to believe it is. It is. You know, in our circles for years, we've said this. Faith is always now. But you'll talk to those same people that says faith is now, and they'll be talking about what they're going to get by faith. Thought it was now. They got quiet. You were shouting real good a moment ago. Let's, let's try it again. Don't let the devil intimidate you. <laughs> see, see it's, it's now. If you have it by faith, when do you have it? What he saith or what he speaketh is, he will have the thing that he saith. But you got to believe you have it, you got to believe it is, before you have it. Hallelujah. When we, when we say we're healed, we're saying what we believe. When we believe in our heart, we'll have what we say. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. Tell your neighbor, say, I believe in my heart. So I will have what I say. Many try to get people just to say the right thing. They have to believe the right thing. Not just say the right thing. I'm I'm going to go up there to the hospital and try to change their confession. You got to change what they believe. Brother Keith went to the hospital one time. He was preaching. He was uh, teaching at Rama, And uh, he uh, went to the, uh, a family member and asked him to go up and uh, 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 minister to this person, this man that was in the hospital. And he said, you know, normally I wouldn't do that, but, but I knew this person, so I went. And he said, I went up there. And uh, he said, I could see right away that he didn't have the belief system to believe that God could heal him right then. And he said, so I had to locate him. I had to figure out where we could start. And he said, the man kept talking about how how bad he hurt. And he said, I asked him, I said, do you think you could believe God to make the pain a little less? He said, yeah, I believe I can. He said, all right, let's get an agreement there. And so he said, after about an hour, two hours of him working with him, the guy said, you know what? The pain is a little bit less. I mean, it's still there, but it's less than it was. He said, well, glory to God. And he came up the next day and worked with him. And the man said, it's, it's, it's even less. And it finally got to the point where that, that man didn't have hardly any pain. Now, what, listen to me. Why didn't he just go up there and say, now, brother, declare you're the healed of the Lord and get out of that bed. Because he didn't believe it. But when that pain started going, what did he start believing? I can, if the pain can go, I can be healed. And he said, I went up there about two weeks later. Now this guy was in a bad spot. They thought he was going home. He said, I went up there two weeks later and went in the room and it was empty. And everything was made up. And he said, I went and said, what happened to the guy that was in there? And they said, oh, he got better and went home. You know, that's not just a story. You, got, you you got to change what people believe. Amen. Before them saying the right thing, just trying to say, listen, Christian science believes that sickness is all in your head. And they think that if you just say the right thing, you can correct what you think, and therefore you can heal yourself. You can't heal yourself. There's only one healer. That's God. Why? Because the price that was paid for your healing was paid a spiritual price by Jesus manifest in his physical body. Everything of the curse is spiritual. Everything of the blessing is spiritual. And it manifests in our physical bodies. You you understand? Words are spirit. You understand? And when you believe the right thing and you're speaking the right words, those spiritual words change things in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. You understand? It's not your words so much that heal you, it's what you believe that you put in your words that heal you. So people say, well, if you just say the right thing, you'll get healed. Not necessarily you got to say what you believe. Mm. Am I helping you? There's a power difference between a person who's saying something that they believe and a person who's saying something they don't believe. There's a power difference. Amen. And, 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 and people kind of get frustrated because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, you can, when, some, when somebody's talking to you about what they're going through, you can tell by the power that's coming out of their mouth. You can tell whether they believe it or not. And I've told people before, they don't have it. Because of the way they sounded. And I've had, and, and, and I've had people kind of look at me, well, you can't judge their faith. I'm not judging their faith. I'm not judging their faith. I'm I'm telling you that what came out of their mouth did not have the force of faith behind it. Remember what I said, Sunday? Faith don't whine. Faith doesn't whine. Oh, I just want the Lord to heal me. I just need the Lord to heal me. Lord, oh. That's not faith. That's strong want. Right? Right? Like some people talk about they're in love. You're not in love, you're in strong like. Love comes later. Amen. But, but it'll always come. You stay with it, it'll always come. If, if, if you'll recognize those things in your life, if you'll recognize that you're whining, and you'll stop whining, faith will come. Faith will start working. But you you got to recognize it. Uh, amen. They can both be saying the same thing, yet it's evident one believes what they're saying and the other one doesn't. Amen. Are you following me? I had a situation one time where a guy came to healing school, and when he came to healing school, he had a cancer tumor in his lungs, he had cancerous tumors in his liver, he had cancerous tumors in his kidneys, and and, uh, the doctors had given him up. And brother Jim was there, and uh, uh, his uh, sister-in-law, is that right Tammy it was his sister-in-law brought him to, to healing school and he came up and there's an endowment on this ministry to kill cancer and heart disease and he came up and I prayed for him, and God is my witness. it was palpable it was it was tangible. it was auditory in that room. When I laid hands on him, it popped it was it was like. and it knocked him down and he hit Jim and Jim went down like he grabbed a hold of a live wire that guy came in there bent over emaciated gray no energy god is my witness and i will stand before him in judgment one of these days for what i say right here tonight i'm telling you god is my witness when he got up the life was back in his eyes the color was back in his body he was glory to god the pain's gone thank you jesus and he and he went back to the doctor, and, and this was just like a week later. And the doctor said, the tumor in your in your lungs is shrinking, the, the, the spots on your liver are almost gone, they're leaving your kidney in one dose. Amen. And now, see, now I gotta work with him because the Holy Spirit's hit him and 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 the power of God started the work. Now I gotta work with him. And man, he got in there and he was declaring the word of God. But here's something that I've learned. Faith turns into work. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? It's the fight of faith. It's not a fight for faith. It's the fight of faith. Amen. And he was loading his mouth and declaring the Word of God. But then he got busy back with life. Now he's healed. He can go back to his job. He can go back to doing the things that he felt like doing before Before he got sick. Now hear me. And you know what he started doing? Abandoning hearing the word. Not loading his mouth with the word. Not speaking the word. Hallelujah. The long and short of that is I was in his hospital room with him when he died. Of the cancer God healed him from. Now, that's a sad story, but I asked the Lord. I went to the Lord about that one. Because when you feel that healing anointing leave your body, and it, and it cracks in the atmosphere, and you watch someone, you could almost see it in the spirit. You could almost see that healing anointing knock that cancer out of his body. It was that tangible. And I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, what happened here? I don't understand this. I'm, I'm a little upset, to be honest. And the Lord said to me, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in anybody's life. And I found out later, he quit declaring the word over himself. He would just lay in the recliner and let his wife declare the word over him. It wasn't his wife's words that were carrying what he believed. It was what he, his words that carried what he believed. And that woman was believing God. That woman had a strong hold on the things of God. She confessed the word over him till he took his last breath. Amen. You say, Pastor, what did did you tell her? I I said, he just gave up. He got tired and he gave up. That's the the only thing I knew to tell her. Now now that's a sad story, but it it illustrates, listen, you got to keep saying what you believe. you got to keep building your faith. It's not if you're going to need your faith. It's when you're going to need your faith. It's not if you fight a physical challenge. You're going to fight a physical challenge. At some point in your life you are going to have to defeat the physical challenge that the enemy brings your way. At some point in your life you're going to have to defeat the financial challenge that the enemy brings your way. Faith faith is not a pass on the challenges of life. Faith is the answer to the challenges of life. Amen. 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 I've, I've been through things with my faith that I wouldn't take a million dollars to go through again. But I also wouldn't take a million dollars for them. Because I grew. Not through the challenge, through the exercise of my faith. Amen. Oh my goodness, i got to get done. Second Corinthians 4, 13. I'll read it to you from the Weiss Bible so that we can, uh, for the sake of time. He says, and as for us, we're believing, wherefore also we are speaking. We're believing, therefore we're speaking. What came first? What's that? We're believing, so we're speaking. We speak what we believe, and we believe what we speak. That never changes. That's why you have to spend time getting convinced, then you speak what you're convinced of. You've got to spend time getting convinced. And then you speak what you're convinced of. Now, hallelujah. You can write these down. Mark chapter 10, verse 22 through 23. This is when Jairus came to Jesus. And you remember he said, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. And he said, but here's the thing. If you will come lay your hands on her, she will be healed and she will live. Lay your hands on her, and she'll be healed, and she will live. Is that right? Matthew 9, 18. He said again, in in Matthew 9, he said she's already dead. And then he said, come and lay your hand upon her, and she shall live. So notice his statement. Look at what he's saying. He's saying, look, I realize she's dead. I I realize that. But here's the thing. Here's what I believe. If you will come lay your hand on her, She'll be healed of whatever killed her, and she'll live. Right? Now, how how did he convey that to Jesus? With his words. What was Jairus saying? What he believed. People say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Jesus never did anything outside of faith. Every person that Jesus healed was healed by faith. They had to believe something. Y'all look at me like a dog in a new dish. That's how God works. The Bible says we can receive nothing except through faith. Is that right? What did Jesus say to every person that didn't receive from him? What did he say the problem was? No faith, unbelief. Is that right? Is that right? In his own hometown of Nazareth? What was the problem? Unbelief. Unbelief. Amen. When he, when he looked at the disciples, remember when he stepped to the bow of the boat and calmed the storm, what did he turn around and ask him, "How is it you have What would have stopped that storm? Whose faith? Their faith. How would they have released their faith? Their words. So people say, Jesus, the Son of God, stepped up there and calmed that storm. Jesus, the man, stepped up there and opened his mouth and through what he believed, calmed the storm. Praise God. Amen. He believed he had authority and he opened his mouth and exercised his authority and told the storm to stop. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? And Jairus came to Jesus and said, If you and said and said, and said, don't miss that. If, if you look at that and you just say, well, yeah, Pastor, that means that's a given. Yeah, he said, so what? No, he said. He said. He said it. Yes, sir. He came to Jesus and said it. Yes. If you will come lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed and she will live. Hallelujah. This, this is not we're having a hard time. This is my daughter is dead. Did I tell you that faith is not intimidated? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That didn't mean anything. Hallelujah. You know, I love going to the doctor because you get good reports. Right? But here's the thing. If you do go to the doctor and you get a bad report, your faith is not intimidated. Your faith doesn't leave that doctor's office going, well, dear Lord, I thought we were well. I thought you were healed. I mean, we missed it somewhere. Uh uh that's not faith. That is you getting over in your head. When you start mulling over all the reasons that you missed it and how you missed it and why didn't it happen, you're in your head. You're not in the Spirit. You're not in faith. You're in your head. Faith doesn't ask those questions. Faith gives the answer. I said faith gives the answer. I'm just trying to figure out why I haven't been healed yet. That's exactly why, why right there. That's exactly why. They, how often do you say that? How many, times, how many times do you ask that question? I've had people in my, in my office counseling them. Not just in this one, in, in, in all of them. And, and they, they would say, I just don't understand why this hadn't happened yet. And I'll look at them finally and go, how often do you say that? Say what? See, they don't even know they're saying it. You can say something for so long that you don't even know you're saying it. But that works in in the other way too. You can say the right thing for so often that there's times you don't even know you're saying it. You're just sitting there declaring, I'm the healed of the Lord. Praise God, I'm the healed of the Lord. And you're just declaring the Word of God and you don't even know you're saying it. And somebody will go, what would you say? Oh, did you hear me? I'm, I'm the healed of the Lord. So Jairus came and he did what? He did what? Come on, help me. He did what? Is his daughter dead? What did he say? Come lay your hand on her. She'll be healed. And what will happen? So she won't be dead anymore. How did he convey that to Jesus? With his words. He said it. How, How are you going to convey to your circumstance what you believe? By your words. Words that you what? Believe. Oh hallelujah! Now let's 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 look at this one. Mark ten, Mark ten, and, and, and you don't have to go there. Mark 10, 35 through thirty six. They came to him, and they said, uh, "Why are you troubling the master?" I remember when I read this in the Greek some number of years ago. It was it was this uh, uh, frustration from the people that came to Jairus, and it, it, the 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 idea is this: Is there like why are, you Why are you still bothering the master? You know your daughter's dead. That's what the Greek conveys. You know she's dead. Why are you bothering him? Now watch. Watch what Jesus said. The Amplified Bible says that he said, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Now here's a question I have for you. Keep on believing what? What you said. What you said. What did he say? Come lay your hands on her. She'll be healed and live. Yeah. Just ki- See, that was the only evidence Jesus had of what he believed. That was the proof that he believed. If Jesus would come lay his hands on her, she would be healed and live. And I've heard people over the years say, and, and you know, the master can do these things. We can't expect those kind of results all the time. That was the master. I can expect the same results every time that Iris received if I'll just do what Iris did. Why? Because, uh, let me finish with this, because I have Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. God cannot lie. Right? I have Malachi chapter 3. I do not change. God is eternally the same. Jesus is eternally the same. If I come to Jesus the same way Jairus came to Jesus, what Jairus said prompted something in Jesus. Jesus was, was enjoying the day with his disciples. He was sitting around. He was eating with his disciples. He was, he was about to go enjoy the day. And Jairus came up and said, I need you to come and lay hands on my daughter and she'll be healed and live. And Jesus said, I'll go. Whew. When you read everything from a faith perspective, then you understand that if I go and say, Lord, I believe this, then what do I get? I'll go. So right now, Jesus himself is changing things in your circumstance because you've been saying what you believe. Don't say what you don't believe. Say what you believe. Hallelujah. If you can't say you believe you're healed, if you're not there yet, then you say, I believe God's my healer. I believe the Word is working mightily in me right now. Oh, hallelujah. Right now the Word's working mightily in me. Right now the Word's driving out sickness, disease. The Word's driving out poverty. The Word's driving out fear. Right now, right now, right now, while I'm sitting here you need to tell your neighbor you can't see me getting better but I'm getting better sitting here. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm better sitting here. Glory to God. Tell them, say, you can't see my money multiplying but it's multiplying while I'm sitting here. Amen. Amen. Shh. Oh, glory to God. I got to let you go. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. If uh, they do have a, a uh, celebration in the back, somebody's birthday at night. Amen. Hey, my birthday. And uh, uh, they are, we are inviting any that want to stay to come back and have a cupcake. If you can't stay, we understand, but come back and get a cupcake. Amen. And leave with something. Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Well, we'll be back, of course, Sunday morning with another great uh, message on walking by faith. Sunday night, we'll be ministering again on carriers of the glory. And uh, we're believing God for great things. Amen. Pastor Michelle will be at the Kansas location uh, this week. Keep them, uh, her and Lily, in your prayers uh, as they go to Kansas tomorrow. Uh, Lily's, gonna, Lily's going to go. This is so funny because uh, uh, Lily listens to Pastor Nancy Dufresne every night when she goes to sleep. And the other day we were talking, and I looked at her, and I, and I you know, I, I looked at her and said, Lily, I'm your favorite preacher, aren't I? And she goes, uh, no. <laughs> Pastor Nancy DeFran. <Dufresne! laughs> so my point is, is Thursday, tomorrow night, Pastor Nancy will be at our friend's church, the, the Hernandez's, and Lily is <laughs> hyper-excited. About getting to see Pastor Nancy. And so, uh, but but, amen, God's good. But they're going to be going there and Lily's going to be visiting Grandma and and Pastor Nancy and Pastor Michelle will be ministering. Uh, You can keep me in prayer tomorrow too. I go to Fort Worth tomorrow for two days. I'm going to be at the uh, Heritage Faith Ministers Conference there with uh, Brother Jerry and uh, believe in God for great things. Amen. But we'll be back Sunday morning ministering the Word of God. Amen. So until we see you here, there, or in the air... You just remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Come get a cupcake. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at mainebuildfaith.net. At This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.